Uh, this morning we are um, we're beginning a, a new series called The Art of Neighboring, and we've been working on this for a few months and uh, are pretty excited, and I believe, uh, and we believe, the team believes, uh, that God could really do some things to transform our daily lives. And uh, we, we believe here at this church that Sundays are not the end goal, uh, that, that God wants us actually to live out our faith Monday through Sunday, right? Would you agree with that? Um, that, that God wants us to engage what we believe in the ways that we live, and uh, that we wouldn't just relegate our, our, our faith to one day a week. And so this series is going to help move us. Uh, it's going to be an uncomfortable at times. We're, we're with Arcadia City Church, Desert City Church. We're all working through this. Our collective church is working through this together, uh, and I'm excited. So to get started, I want you to think in your mind, if you can, uh, about one or two of your neighbors when you were growing up. If you can remember like a, a child uh, who was a friend, um, somebody in, on your street. I, I grew up on Burning Tree Lane. I remember the name of our street. We had a, a clubhouse in the back of my, my house. It was called the Burning Tree Club. Super creative, I know. We came up with that name on our own. And, um, and, and, and I remember the kids that would gather over there. So I want you to think in your mind, and I'm going to have you share this with one of your neighbors, about a friend on your street or a family. It can be something funny. It can be someone mean. We all have different experiences. Uh, do you have it in your head yet? I'm stalling to try to get that person in your head. You got it? So go ahead and share with your neighbor one or two friends uh, from when you were younger on your street, one or two neighbors. Ready? Set, go. Got it? Maybe a friend or two? Now, later today, I want you to like tell some stories. If you can remember, just sometimes by coming up with the names, we remember stories. Like, I was doing this, this activity um, with, with, with some people, and, and I thought quickly of two neighbors that I had. Uh, Chris Lee, who lived just two houses up, and he was an athlete, and we used to hang out a lot. He and his dad would play baseball. I wasn't a baseball player, but they used to play baseball all the time. We'd do all kinds of things together. I remember Chris had the best Nintendo games. Now, Nintendos are, were different back then than they are today. Um, you know, the little, little mini joysticks, and he had the best games. We didn't have the best games. He had the best games. And I remember specifically one time, uh, he and his family were going on vacation for a week, and uh, he told us, he said, hey, we leave our back door open, and I know you like my games, so just go in and take the games that you want, and then when we get back next week, you can return the games. It'll be fine. No big deal. Uh, he didn't tell his parents that, that he had given us permission, but so me and my brother, he leaves town. Me and my brother go, and we, and we raid his Nintendo closet, right? We get the games. Apparently, he had better snacks than us, so we ate some uh, <laughs> little Debbies as well. And, and just felt like his freedom in the house gave us freedom to do a lot of different things. And so we took some things, and we didn't steal them. We were just borrowing for a week. And when he returned a week later, uh, and, and his parents realized there were some games missing, they called my parents. Now, we had a blast for that week. We weren't able to play our Nintendo for about a month after that. But for that week, he had opened his home. He was the best neighbor anyone could experience. I loved Chris Lee for that one week. Um, 
I, then I remembered another neighbor, Wade Martin. Wade and Amber, uh, his little sister Amber, and uh, very different experience with, with Wade and his family. We're still Facebook friends, but I remember um, on our street, the, the day that his, his dad had a massive heart attack and he died in his home. And I remember Wade sharing with us about waking up and seeing his dad's feet kind of laying out in the hallway and the ambulance and the fire trucks coming. And um, God allowed us to walk with his family through that moment. And, and, and I realized in today's world that neighboring is very different today than it was 40 years ago. Would you agree with that? That neighboring is just very different. And the kinds of neighbors that we, ha- we have are very different that's what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks. We're going to talk about what it means to, to be a good neighbor. And I thought it would, it would help us to have a quiz to find out what kind of a neighbor we are to start with. Are you guys okay with the little quiz to begin? Yes? You're, okay. You don't have to raise your hands. I know some of this might be hard to, to admit, but here's the first question on the quiz. When you notice a moving truck on your street, you, A, Stop, introduce yourself, and point out where you live. I know some of you do that. I've met some of my neighbors that way. They've stopped and said, hey, welcome to the neighborhood. We live right down there. Um, B, do you drive by very slowly, judging the contents (laughs) that are being unloaded? Anyone? Yes, yes. All of us do it. Don't. You're in church. you got to tell the truth. Or C, do you tell yourself you're going to make and deliver cookies but never get around to it? Anybody? Yes, yeah, I think we all do that as well, right, yeah, okay, so that one was a little bit easier, this one's going to be a little bit harder, so here's a second question, your neighbors constantly allow their kids to play unsupervised in the street, now, this is not personal experience, this does not mean I let my kids play unsupervised, though I do at times, do you drop off a parenting book so they can address their issues, (laughs) like this is the passive aggressive way to like be a good neighbor, right, Uh, B, do you pull a top gun and buzz the kids so they gain an appropriate fear for the street. And I don't mean put the kids in danger, but you drive by very fast just to kind of back them up. You remember Goose and Maverick? Some of you will get that later. Okay. Or C, do you buy a children playing sign and put it out to slow traffic for them? Oh, that's a good idea, right? Nobody's done that though, right? <laughs> okay, here's another last question. Here it is. Um, one morning, you notice a neighbor's sprinkler head spraying water into orbit. We've all seen this around Phoenix, right? That sprinkler just going. Do you walk to your neighbor's house and tell him or her that their sprinkler's broken? Or B, uh, do you have your own lawn company? Just go fix it for them. That's never happened to me, by the way. I just thought that would be a good neighborly thing to do. C, uh, do you call the HOA to notify them of a watering <laughs> violation on your street? Some of you have done this, right? Somebody's got to watch out for them, right? Or, or D, do you leave cards for lawn care companies on their driveway and at their door? Like everything that comes to your house, you just pass it along to that one neighbor who has weeds. Yeah. So we all have different ideas of what it means to be a good neighbor. Jesus actually addressed, he addressed what it means to be a neighbor. And he challenges his followers in a certain way. And we're going to focus on one passage of scripture, and we'll keep coming back to it uh, again and again in the series Uh, But today, we're going to kind of zero in on this, and and many of you, if you grew up in church, if you've been around church, you've heard this before, so some of you might just kind of read past it, but I want us to like really focus and and dig in. So the central passage for the series, I'm going to open up Matthew chapter 22, and uh, the interesting thing about this passage is it's repeated in each of the first three Gospels, so Matthew, Mark, and Luke each mention this story. Uh, That's always how I... You know, I look at it and I'm like, this must be important because three different people like included it in their stories of Jesus. So here's how it begins. 
One of them, an expert in the law, so Jesus had these kind of religious people around him. Uh, One of them, an expert in the law, tried to trap Jesus with this question. Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Now, it's an interesting question, and for many of us, we read past this pretty quickly, and and, and we we think basically he's just asking him uh, what they should focus on. He's trying to get him to say something that's not true. Uh, Just a little context. In the Old Testament, how many commandments were there? Not a, this isn't a trick question. Ten. Ten commandments in the Old Testament. Well, the Jews of the day had figured out that there were about 613 laws to help people live out those ten commandments. So there were about 613 laws that people had to navigate in order to honor God with their lives, right? So they had about 613. So this was a really common question that people debated. What's the most important? Like out of the 613, if I forget 600 of them, what do I need to remember? So they were asking Jesus this question, you know, what's, what's the most important thing in all of the 613 laws? So Jesus says this, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. Now, one of the other stories adds with all of your strength. Some of you have probably heard that one, with all your your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, with everything that you are. You are, to, you are to love God with everything. This is the first and greatest commandment. Now, this comes directly from an Old Testament passage in the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The fifth, the fifth book in the Old Testament, the Shema was a prayer that Jews repeated at least twice a day, in the morning and in the evening. And this was the beginning of the prayer. So this was something that they had repeated again and again and again, and Jesus says, this is the starting point. You want to know what the most important thing is? Now, this isn't surprising for us, right? Like Jesus, God's son, would would tell us that we should love God. That that is not surprising. You must love the Lord your God with everything that you are, the first and the greatest commandment. And if this was on your tongue, if you were repeating this again and again and again, this would be easy to accept as the first and greatest commandment. Let's test this out. Now I lay me down to... I pray the Lord my... Yeah, some of you remember this little prayer that you maybe repeated again and again and again, or at least you've heard it. Uh, This was what the Jews repeated again and again and again. And Jesus says, this is the starting point. But he doesn't stop there. It'd be easy for Jesus to go, that's it. Just love God. And that would feel like the right religious answer. Just love God with everything that you are. And then Jesus says this, a second is not also important... Jesus says a second is equally important. In other words, it, it's like on the same playing field as loving God. In fact, it's, it's almost like one and the same. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and, and all the demands of the prophets hinge on these two. In other words, all, all of the Old Testament that they had in that day, every bit of it could be summed up with these two things. Love God with everything that you are and the second commandment, Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, that love your neighbor as yourself actually comes right out of Leviticus. It's also from the Old Testament. Jesus is taking these two very important Old Testament laws, and he's letting them rise to the surface and saying, if you forget everything else, you know, like when you're in high school and you were, your teacher was going over what the test was, and, and, and you were like, okay, is that going to be on the test? Like, tell me the two things on the test. I can remember two things. Jesus is like, these two things. Love God with everything that you are, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And that's it. If you can remember these two things, the entire law is found in these two things. 
Now, I have a confession. Confessions of a pastor. Are you, some of you are like, ooh, this could be good. Um, I, throughout my life as a pastor, I've, I've actually diluted this. And, and I actually thought I was making it bigger. I've actually watered it down by, by trying to lift it up. And here's how I've done that. I've oftentimes, when I've taught about this, I've said the, most, the two most important laws, uh, the two most in, important pursuits of our lives, love God, and then I've said, love others. I, I've tried to expand this idea of loving our neighbor and said, just, you just need to love everyone. But in doing that, in, in, in trying to like expand our, our, our view of who our neighbor is and just saying, you, you are to love everyone, uh, what, what I've done is I've I've caused us to get so broad that we've never probably been very specific in loving someone. I have failed in that I've just walked around saying, well, I love everybody. Well, it's easy to say you love everyone and love no one specifically. You know what I mean by that? Does that make sense? So I've, I've like taken this great passage of scripture and I've tried to expand it, but I've actually probably caused some harm in that. I wonder if Jesus literally meant we should love our neighbors. I mean, that's an amazing thought, like our, like our literal neighbors, the people who live next door to us. I wonder if Jesus meant that we should probably start with the people who are all around us every single day. So, thus this series was born, trying to get into the idea of, of how do we love our neighbors. Jesus at one point said this, a new command I give you, love one another. So he gets back to this idea of love. He says this is some kind of new commandment. And, it, and then he makes this statement. He says, by this... Everyone will know that you are my disciples. The mark, the distinguishing mark of a follower of Jesus is not the little McDowell Mountain sticker on the back of your car, right? It's, it's not in being able to, to repeat all the words of the Bible. It's not in showing up on Sunday. It's not even in giving money. The distinguishing mark, Jesus says, according to Jesus, the distinguishing mark of a follower of Jesus or a disciple of Jesus is the love that we have in practical outward expressions to those who are right next to us. And I think he wants us to start with our neighbors, like the people who are right next door. Now, throughout this series, you're going to kind of, you're going to say, this is so simple. Why would we need to talk about this? Like, you're giving me things that, like, you're telling me how to be a good neighbor. And I've realized that I'm not a very good neighbor at times. And we probably all fail in that arena. Would you agree that you maybe fail in that arena sometimes? So it's good to talk about specifics and how to get in it. Um, the Ten Commandments. Interesting about the Ten Commandments. The first four had to do with our relationship with God. We just did a series talking about spiritual rhythms, how we open up ourselves to God. The next six have to do with our horizontal relationships, with the people right around us. Like if you read through the, the Ten Commandments, you'll find that the first four, you and God, the next six, more than you and God, the next six have to do with this horizontal relationship. Now, like we said, uh, being neighbors has changed in the last 40 years. Here's some stats. I just did, a, I did some research, and I found it fascinating. Some stats about how we're neighboring in the United States. 20% of us interact with our neighbors uh, on a regular basis. In other words, every week we're in some way interacting with the neighbors around us. 33% of us don't know any of the names of our neighbors. Now, I'm not going to make you raise your hands, but you kind of, some of you probably know, like, I don't know many of my neighbors, and so you'd maybe fall on that next one. 28% of us only know a couple names 
of our neighbors, which means over 50% of us would only say that we know a couple of people who live next door to us. You would never open up your home for someone to take your Nintendo games if you don't even know their names, right? You need to know their names if you're going to let them take your games. A 35% in the last 40 years, a 35% drop in invitations into our homes. In other words, we're not being very hospitable to the people around us, inviting them into our lives and into our homes. I started a list for myself, and I'm going to encourage you to continue this list for yourself. What keeps me from being a good neighbor? What are the things that keep me from being a neighbor? And, and here's my start. Um, I'm busy. Have you ever thought that, that you're just too busy? Like you don't need another friend? Like I, I just, I've got plenty of friends and I've got plenty to do, so I don't need to worry about my neighbors, right? I'm just too busy. The second one, this one's hard to admit, but at times I've been judgmental. Like I've seen what they've taken out of the moving truck. <laughs> I just had a little, like, they look different, they seem different. I, I don't know what they're doing over there. And you have a little judgmentalism going on. Fear. Like you don't want to be rejected, right? So you have this fear, like if you go over, that they might just slam the door and you don't want the door slammed in your face. Insecurity. What if they don't like me? What if, we, like, what if I'm one political side, and they're the other political side, and then we're going to get in a fight, and I just don't want to start. I don't need any more drama in my life, so I'm just not going to go over there. And then, like baseline, we're just uninterested in the people who live around us, right? We just don't have any interest in getting to know the people around us. But Jesus, God's Son, the one that we follow, those, those of us who claim to follow Jesus, he said that the two most important things, loving God and loving our neighbor which would mean we should probably take some steps of faith to love our neighbors. So how do we do that? Two simple steps today. Here they are. Uh, if the goal is loving our neighbor, to, to love our neighbor, we actually have to know our neighbor. Would you agree with that? Like I used to say that I loved Michael Jordan. Like I don't even know Michael Jordan. I, I, love, I, love, how he plays, I love how he plays basketball, but I don't love Michael Jordan, right? Um, to, to love somebody, we, we have to know somebody. And we have to actually be with them, which is a little scary that I would have to be with my neighbors. But this is what it means to, to, to love our neighbor. We have to know them. So over the next few weeks, we're going to give you some specific things, some specific homework. And we're going to work on this idea of a light. Like we're, we're to be a light in the world as followers of Jesus, right? So we, we created this little acronym for light. Here it is. Uh, learn their names, and that's today. We're going to we're going to give you the challenge of learning the names of the people who live all around you, okay? A little difficult. Some of you are like looking at each other like, I don't know that I want to do that. Um, can I get a pass this week? Uh, invite them over. Some of, this is not going to be like a weekly list. So some of you are like, I'm not coming next week because I don't want to have to. <laughs> can you let me know when to in that invite week is because I'm out on that one. Give something good like some cookies or brownies or something. Hear their stories. So like actually begin listening to the people who are talking to you, like in your homes, as you learn their names and as you begin to interact with them, and then tell them your story. Um, now, real quick, I know we're in church, and sometimes we view this as like this is a project for us. Our neighbors are not projects, are they? Our, our neighbors are people. And the, the end goal of this series is not to get people into the church. That's not the end goal. The end goal is to get God's love into and out of us which is out there, not in here. So the idea is that we want to move ourselves to actually begin loving the people who live next door to us. We don't have a goal in this. We're, this isn't about a, having a project. The person next door is a project. 
Uh, no, the person next door to you is a person, and God simply wants you to love them, regardless of what their view on religion is, regardless of what their view of God is, regardless, regardless of what their political leanings might be. God simply wants you to love them. And to love them, you've got to learn their names. That's like the starting point. So we have a tool for you. Um, some of you are going to laugh. It's a magnet for your, for your fridge. And it's got nine boxes on it. And it's got a little house in the middle. And it just says, who is my neighbor? And, and you live in the middle house. You might look at it and go, that doesn't look like my house. But just, act like, just pretend. Go with us. And the goal is to actually begin filling in the other boxes with the names of your neighbor. Now, it's not a good idea to go door to door with this magnet in your hand <laughs> and say, hey, um, we're doing this thing at my church, and God said I'm supposed to love my neighbor, so I'm just wondering what your name is. That's like not a good way to interact with your neighbors. But this you could put on your fridge, you can put them in a drawer, and, and the idea is just to try to interact with your neighbors in a, in a relational, like non-weird way. And, and just discover their names and write it down and start to learn the names of the people who live all around you. And then if you learn anything about them, you can actually begin writing little notes in there to remind you, and maybe it would cause you to pray for your neighbors, something going on in their lives. Um, it's a great little tool. Now, some of you see that I have some writing on mine. It's just notes for the sermon. It's not, no, I'm just kidding. It really is names, but I've been working on it for two months, and I still have some empty boxes. Um, some things that happen when we do this. Uh, and I didn't plan this. Uh, my, the people who live right across the street from me are Bill and Nancy. And uh, Bill and Nancy moved here about a year, year and a half ago. And uh, they moved from, I think their realtor goes to church here or something. Uh, uh, they moved here from the Carolinas, and they're empty nesters now. They have four kids in college, different colleges, different places, a couple are out of college. And um, we've gotten to know them just a little bit, just like in passing. Hey, how's it going? Carolina on my mind. James Taylor, he wrote a song about it. So like just conversations. Yesterday, Connor and I were in the front yard um, pulling weeds and trimming bushes. I told Connor to trim a bush, and he like cut the whole thing down. I'm like, what are you? He's like, it won't grow back now. Yeah, be, be a little bit more specific next time. Anyway, I think my neighbor was laughing at me. And, um, and so... Right across the street, like we're, Bill and Nancy, Bill comes out, and I'm like, hey, man, you've been traveling a lot. I've noticed you've been gone. He's like, yeah, work's kind of crazy. And he said, and then he said, uh, and last week my dad passed away. And it's like, yeah, like this, oh, like we're there. Like, like we're at that relational level where now we're going to like share some things. And it was like this moment of this is God's opportunity. This is, God's given me an opportunity to love my neighbor. So here's the deal. When you begin to learn the names of the people who live around you, I believe God simply opens the door for you to love them in very practical ways. You begin to share things, stories. You begin to tell your story. And all of a sudden, God allows you to begin a relationship where he might want to use you. Now, imagine this. Imagine that the God of the universe, imagine that the God who created everything that is placed you where you are in your neighborhood for a specific reason. Imagine that the people who live next door to you across the street, imagine that they, they receive no love and grace and mercy and peace from anyone in their lives. Imagine that God has put you there for that purpose, to simply be a light to them. Well, that's what the series is about. And uh, this week, simple task. 
Learn the names of your neighbors. Now, I realize a lot of us have different living um, quarters. Some of us are in apartments. Some of us are in dorms. Uh, some of us are in homes that back up where there are no homes behind us. Uh, but all of us have someone around us at some level. And if you don't have anyone around you, then, then um, move into our neighborhood. We got a lot of people around here. <laughs> Do this at work. Like, consider it at work, like the people who are living right next to you at work. Um, learn their names and see if God won't open the door and allow you to love them in, in some practical way over the next four weeks. So an expert in the religious law came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, out of everything I've got in the Bible, like what's, what's the most important thing? What's, what's the most imp important pursuit? And Jesus, not surprising, said, love God with everything that you are. Start there. Like begin this open dialogue with the God of the universe. But don't stop there. Equally important to that is to look around you at the people God has placed and love your neighbor. And this, loving others, will be the mark of a follower of mine, a follower of Jesus. Let's stand together, and we're going to sing this last song. And um, maybe today you, uh, you already know your neighbors. Uh, I, I told the first service that throughout the series, we're going to just pray for our neighbors. So if you want to write the name of a neighbor down and just put it over here on the cross, um, we're going to take those down. We're going, to, we're going to pray for them. So if you have somebody you want to pray for, just write it down. If you have a prayer request, you can Come over, write it down, put it on the cross. There's candles in the back of the room that represent God's presence. Maybe you want to light a candle uh, this morning for a neighbor, for yourself, for a, a loved one, just asking God's presence to be with them. Let's, let's pray together and then let's worship. Father God, you are a good God. And uh, I thank you for the words of Jesus, which are right and true. And God, I, this one seems super simple and, and kind of base level. And it's almost, it seems kind of silly to talk about it at times, but... For some reason, it's just hard for us. It's easy for us to say that we love everyone, but it's hard for us to love specific people who are right next to us. So God, over the next four weeks, I pray that you would, would help turn us towards our neighbors, that we would open our hearts and our minds toward them, and that we would love them in very practical ways. This week, give us opportunities simply to learn their names. Open those doors and uh, give us the courage to, to step out on faith. Thank you for your love and your grace in Jesus' name.